Hi everyone, I'm Pete Bigelow, technology and mobility reporter at Automotive News. Welcome to today's edition of A Call to Action. When COVID struck, transportation as we know it changed. Airlines grounded hundreds of planes, commuters stopped driving to work, transit agencies slashed services, implemented reduced schedules, ride-hailing networks saw their independent drivers opt to stay home. For essential workers, these last two developments have been particularly problematic. Through the upheaval, hospital workers and grocery store employees still needed to get to work, and they saw once-reliable ways to get there fall by the wayside. In Detroit, that presented an opportunity. Last fall, the city's Office of Mobility Innovation started experimenting with micromobility solutions. That's e-bikes and e-scooters. But at first, those early efforts felt like an answer to a non-existent problem. And it just didn't seem like... It seemed like we were creating a solution before there was a need. Um, and so we struggled a little bit with this because we always try to understand, okay, what is the need first? And then is this the best solution for it? And usually we want residents themselves to choose that solution before we start implementing it. That's Hind Arahu, a senior mobility strategist with the city's Mobility Innovation Office. The pandemic changed everything. With a need for new ways to connect essential workers with their jobs, her office worked quickly to provide options, and one of them was a recast of last fall's e-bike and scooter project. Uh, In late June, the office launched a pilot project that provided these micromobility vehicles to essential workers who needed them. The office has partnered with seven major employers in Detroit, including Henry Ford Health System, Detroit Medical Center, and grocery stores like Meijer. These are the three largest employers in the city. We pitched this idea to them and we essentially asked them, if you have employees who commute within six miles from your workplace, then we would love to reach out to them and offer them these micromobility vehicles. Service operators like Ford Scooter Company Spin and Mogo provided an initial fleet of 150 scooters and 125 bikes, respectively. And General Motors donated Arrive e-bikes to be used for the pilot which is scheduled to run for 16 weeks. Naturally, Ford, General Motors, and the city of Detroit are all synonymous with cars, and it seems a little awkward to hear about them joining together on a transportation project that has nothing to do with automotive. That speaks to both the way those entities are all evolving now in an age of new mobility options, and it speaks to how public and private entities rapidly came together to address a problem in the midst of a pandemic. So it's, it's just really interesting that our local partners were willing to, you know, step up with us and, 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 and get this done. And they also helped us a ton in, um, in helping design the pilot all together because they're the ones who are on the street. They know how scooters run. They know how electric bikes run. They know how the roads are. Uh, they helped us estimate how much maintenance we would need, for example, because uh, they already know that. Here's how the program for which the new Urban Mobility Alliance is also a partner, works. Essential workers who are interested could apply to join the pilot project. And depending on the type of bike or scooter that best suits their needs, there may be a one-time $10 charge. Participants need to live within six miles of their place of employment, and they'll be given instructions on how to use the bikes, helmets, and locks. Through mid-July, the office had given out 35 of the bikes. It's a manual process, with members of the staff needing to contact and collect information from collective participants, then needing to schedule drop-offs at workplaces. 
Stacy Matlin, another senior mobility strategist from the city's Mobility Innovation Office, says the initial endorsement from a colleague has helped spread awareness of the program. Whole Foods is really interesting because we had a lot of people show interest in a short amount of time, and that's because they heard about it from a colleague or they saw their colleagues have it, and they thought that, like, oh, wow, this is amazing. I would love this. And they were able to discuss it, and it's a small enough employment size where, like, like they're, they're large, so they have a lot of employees, but they're also small enough where there's a community, and so you can easily have that word of mouth versus some of the other super large employers like um, Henry Ford Health System. Like, they have thousands of employees and it's a little bit more challenging to have that like oh I, I know like I see people who are doing it um, and so I think it takes a few people who are really like excited about it to then tell their friends. By partnering with employers the Mobility Innovation Office can address some of the key challenges in getting riders to use micromobility for commuting like where do they store their bike or scooter once they get to the office? Where do they plug in to recharge? What sort of bike racks are needed and where can they be positioned? A pilot project like this helps uncover some of those on-the-ground barriers to micromobility and address them. The city staff understands that there's some aspects too that are beyond their control. They know curbs, sidewalk, and road infrastructure can be a challenge, especially in a car-friendly city like Detroit. They know e-bikes and scooters might be seasonal options and not really robust enough for rides during Michigan's winters. And they know that e-bikes and scooters might not be an option for nighttime travel. That's why the Mobility Innovation Office sees e-bikes and scooters as one piece to a larger puzzle, and why they recently launched a project called Night Shift with ride-hailing network Lyft that provides inexpensive rides for qualified residents at night. Sometimes one transportation puzzle piece can be combined with another. That was the case for one participant in the pilot who was initially resistant because of the lack of a way home at night. And that's when they explained to us that that's because I work the night shift and or I, I, I finish work too late and I need a lift to go back. And so by doing that, we basically realized people need to get to work and they need to leave work safely and reliably. And, and that was it. And so they were they had access to whatever they were eligible for. In evaluating the e-bike and e-scooter pilot, Matlin and Arahu are collecting data, lots of it. They're collecting surveys on how users utilize the vehicles for work, for leisure trips, for both, how often they're using them. They want to know what obstacles they encounter, whether it's lack of parking, lack of charging infrastructure, or concern about riding through particular neighborhoods. Most of all, they really want to know if this is worthwhile, if micromobility can be part of the solution, even beyond COVID, in a city that has unique transportation hurdles, car culture aside. 106,000 Detroit residents have suspended driver's license. Um, and so even, and that's a lot of the times due to sometimes being pulled over and not having insurance. And, you know, it's a cyclical factor. And then also just talking to residents about how were you commuting to work pre-COVID, post-COVID. Sometimes people say, oh, I had a car, but I don't anymore. And it's a very fluid transportation, uh, like, system that people use because it really depends on what they have available to them at that time and it can change very quickly. Our thanks to Hindurahu and Stacy Matlin. You can read more about their efforts with the Essential Worker Mobility Pilot in today's Automotive News. For more on transportation and the auto industry's fight against COVID-19, go to autonews.com slash call to action. 
Please join us next week for the third installment of A Call to Action, when Automotive News Chief Content Officer Jamie Butters will explain how a marketing agency helped dealers find ways to help in their communities and then help governments and nonprofits work more effectively. Thanks for listening. I'm Pete Bigelow.